0: Hi, guys, I'm Giuseppe Santamaria, the photographer behind Men in This Town and editor of Mitt Magazine. I want to welcome you to a new episode of Portrait Session in partnership with Armani Exchange Connected. This podcast takes a closer look at who the men on the street are by bringing them into the Studio for a portrait and having a chat about their particular approach to the many facets of life. This week, I connected with Leo Greenfield, an artist whose work has brought him around the world, having collaborated with brands including Vogue and Gucci. His street style illustrations originally caught my attention on Instagram. His way of capturing strangers on the street has an almost whimsical feel to it, reminding me of the opening scene of Disney's 101 Dalmatians, only more fashion. When I learned Leo was living back in Australia, I was desperate to connect with him and share stories from the front line. Head over to meninthistown.com to view selects from our portrait session. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the conversation that took place. Well, I suppose
1: um, my name's Leo Greenfield, and I love drawing. I'm obsessed with drawing, and I'm always trying to make it part of my trying to make a living from it. I guess and trying to share it with people um, daily.
0: Where did that interest come from? Of actually drawing. I mean, where did art, your interest in art, come from? I was, I've always
1: loved, I've always loved it. Um, I think just from when I was a little kid, just drawing always drawing always painting i think something i probably couldn't throw a ball very well so my parents <laughs> got me watercolour plates and and i painted a lot with my grandma and and so that just always felt like a natural thing to do and then as my brother and i got older we we lived in the countryside and my grandparents lived in the city and we would exchange letters really all the time and my grandpa would draw in them uh, or my grandma and then tom and i would would send send letters back and my dad I loved watching my dad draw I'd get him to draw things from ancient Egypt or Japan or was your dad an artist New Zealand no not an artist but I just asked them to draw so and I think that's quite important to how I draw was watching other people and seeing how my dad did it or my grandpa or my grandma and and then that just became a a really enjoyable thing and then at school I pushed it a little bit more and then university but it's always felt natural.
0: And it's always felt something like something that you were just gonna do when you grew up? I, know, I couldn't imagine
1: um, it's sort of hard to imagine what you would do when you grow up but I couldn't imagine doing anything else other than making making things mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure out how to get there was where drawing sort of came in because um, I loved the idea of being a fashion designer or a photographer, mm. and I loved what they were, what you were seeing—the little snippets you'd see in magazines or on television every now and then of this incredible world that was out there—and I thought, how how do you become how do you become a fashion designer? How do you become a photographer? Even more than how do you become an artist? Mm-hmm. I f- felt that um, my art was always sort of art is more personal where fashion you can share yeah yeah those, um
0: i totally agree, agree with that and, it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> and i always felt like i had my art but how could you use that to make fashion and i'd see things on the street or i'd imagine designs and i started drawing and or i'd i'd be planning photo shoots at high school with friends and I'd style the outfits and work out what they were going to wear and who, what the story was. And I would draw it all first and then show them. Mm. And I kept that process even when I was at art school, when I would be directing a photo shoot or organizing a layout. But I kept, I kept realizing it was the drawing that felt more natural.
0: Yeah. It was this in high school or high school
1: and then into university sort of kept the same process. I, would start with drawing as a proposition of another work or an idea for a work mm. or a way of collecting ideas particularly when I was a teenager travelling in Japan you'd see things on the street and I couldn't afford to buy it or we didn't understand where it came from or what that trend was and I would start to draw it so I would remember and,
0: and capture it in your capture, own way isn't yeah. It? Yeah, yeah, and right. thinking
1: oh maybe one day I'll, I'll use that feeling in a collection mm. or I could use that to style something when I get that dream job with a magazine and yeah. it was this sort of a collecting point and I always thought of them as propositional works but that shifted as I came to the end of art school and I realized no drawing is a practice yeah, it's right. an art form mm-hmm. and this is how I operate and I, I kind of learned to accept my style and and let that let that take over because I feel as if the way you draw is a bit like an impression of your fingerprint. Mm. You kind of stuck with what you got, but ah. you can always it's, it's always push it. Yeah. But it's you've got to accept the feeling of it, and hopefully you can use that to share ideas with other people.
0: It's like it's, it's your own rhythm of the heart, your heartbeat. It's like it's just, you just have to kind of go with it and see yeah. what you can kind of create with that. Yeah, then. I
1: definitely think it's it's very much like a rhythm. Mm. A, that's
0: interesting it's because it's I it's you know I don't I can't draw at all but it's like there is the illustration style that I do it's it is what it is and I think if you kept kind of pushing that and creating it something solid it could be a style that people would kind of like and kind of relate to and enjoy it's uh, rather than trying to copy how somebody else is drawing which is kind of just yeah. you see it all around them you know
1: yeah I think you've got to trust your own instincts hmm. and that, that's your way of, of telling that story. Um, when I was a kid, we were on a summer holiday and all these great things had happened. And my dad always kept a diary. And his father kept a diary and like it goes on forever, actually. And I asked him, instead of writing a diary, to draw down what we'd done that day instead of a photograph. Mm. And I loved that idea of rethinking through what you'd done through yeah. drawing instead of just keeping an image of it or writing it down you were kind of retracing the moment and i think that's what's at the heart of what i'm doing everything is a meditation on what i've seen that day or what i want to create and and in a drawing you can give it to someone you can post it in the mail you can mm. scan it and upload it onto a blog, and. I think the social media thing, rather than it taking away from letter writing, which is key to what I, what I really like about sharing ideas, mm. was that it, it kind of exploded that idea right. and you could send letters out to lots of people mm-hmm. or you could kind of keep that momentum of
0: letter writing through blogging or having a website. Yeah. And, and it's, it, from, it's interesting because from an illustration point of view rather than a photograph, you do have more of that feeling of that moment because it's like the way you saw it or how it's even seen, but then what's that feeling that you had that you could kind of apply to it as well, which is sometimes hard to do in a photo. So an illustration is kind of unique in that way.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes if you see something, it's so beautiful, the light is so incredible, the feeling, that particular person that you're spending time with and you can snap it on your camera or your phone and kind of unless you're a really terrific photographer you kind of Mm. lose that sensibility of the moment but in a drawing i find it might not look like a photo or actually look like a real true likeness of that person but a good drawing to me is one that feels like that moment that that little moment in time that really really was special
0: i think that's what I, i gather from your illustrations it's that it's You, for some people that don't know, it's, you do kind of almost a street style illustration kind of thing. And it's, you kind of capture people in the most kind of beautiful way, but it's also by memory. You're not kind of necessarily sketching on the spot or are you? No, it's all,
1: I usually work from memory and that was just out of, I think when you're out and about during the day, you're not, I'm not carrying my notepad and paper and when i traveled travel I'd just see things on the street that day mm. and I kept thinking oh that silhouette is so good I'd love to dress like that and that's sort of how it started as a notation from the street about how I'd like to dress mm-hmm. basically how I would like to evolve and I often think you're kind of drawing I'm drawing people I admire and I think when you look at style and fashion you start to tell other stories I think, um, as an art practice, if you're drawing contemporary people, you can't avoid what they're wearing. No. absolutely. And, and I think there's so much to say about the posture of person, the, their character and all these other kind of cultural things that are happening through, through fashion. Mm-hmm. And I think then you can, you can start to decode it. And that's what I'm hoping my drawing does.
0: Yeah. What's your style all about? It looks very kind of laid back. I think the
1: more you look at fashion um, and the more you want, for me, the more I want to make artwork and produce images, the more I am plainer on, on my body. Right. Yeah. Um, And I've definitely experimented over the years, but today I like to keep things sort of like a uniform. I think the more I look at fashion, the more you're kind of looking for key pieces important pieces that you can move about in and move from meeting to lunch to after dinner drinks yeah. or hanging out with friends or family. So I, as you get
0: older, I think that is more yeah. of just kind of going a little bit back. What was your experimental th- days like? What uh, was like when you were younger? I think
1: when you dream about fashion, you try everything and you put everything on at once. Yeah. Almost. I definitely used to have shoulder length hair.
0: <laughs> really? Did you? No way. Really
1: long hair. And I was in a band, and I loved that Dior Heidi Slemane look and Com de Garçon. So I would wear, I had really long hair, really curly blonde hair, and I'd wear the Com t shirt with the heart.
0: No way, right.
1: um, Dicky (laughs) shorts and vans, or mix it up with Cheap Monday tight jeans and. Crazy vintage t shirts. Yeah, and, right, I love it. Um, so it was lots of experimenting, lots of vintage shopping. Yeah, yeah. And ch- looking for brands that, like Machino and Prada, and wearing ties, mm-hmm. and I suppose. I think when I look back, you're like, "What was I thinking?" <laughs> but it's kind of what
0: you, who you were at the time, like yeah, it's kind of the I way you expressed yourself. Yeah, isn't it? I think
1: it's really important for young people to experiment. Oh,
0: absolutely! And almost yes.
1: shamelessly. And I love seeing that. And I all age groups experimenting. Yeah. But um, the more I I think about dressing for myself, I'm simplifying it. Sure. And I'm how definitely. simple can you get that? Or um, what can you still wear that really makes you feel? I think the most important thing about fashion is how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. Can you move in it? Do you feel that you're yourself?
0: Yes, absolutely. And it's just kind of, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do in it, you know, and that's kind of, even from like the bag I hold, it's like if it doesn't, if it restricts me in any way or kind of just is too heavy or whatever, it just makes me feel... Very different, even though it's an amazing looking bag. If it's not like the right kind of look even, it just it, it, it weighs on you. So you need to kind of have those right kind of pieces that embody who you are, I think.
1: I definitely think you should feel as if the clothes work for you. Yeah. I've definitely bought eccentric things thinking that I would kind of grow into them, mm. style-wise. Yeah. And you can spend a lot of money, and then you <laughs> kind of feel guilty because it just sits in, <laughs> in the closet. Uh, plenty. I li- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like just, I like the closet to be really minimal as well. And then you can kind of... I feel like if that's clear, then my mind will be clear enough to work.
0: At what point did you kind of get to that kind of realization, do you think? I think at about
1: 27, 28... Okay um i thought no it's time to get rid of the emotional baggage yeah. and, and donate things and let those cowboy boots go that you had a lot of fun in <laughs> and hope that <laughs> <laughs> hope that another young young kid will find it and yeah. and and make it into something something new i love taking stuff to the the thrift shops yeah, and right. donating stuff mm-hmm. i've i've Dropped off Givenchy, Prada, things from Japan. I've put it in there because you think it's, it'll find a new home. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, I still love buying vintage things. Um, but more on the minimal. More minimal, aside. more, um, definitely more minimal, more sporty. Yeah, yeah. And today I'm just wearing, I love Stan Smith's, just plain white, mm-hmm. navy chinos. Uh, I feel like you can go anywhere in a navy chino and a white t-shirt.
0: And that's a nice kind of easy way. And to go. I, I
1: always love wearing a watch. Um, today I'm wearing an Armani Exchange watch. It's nice and plain as well. Navy, again, like my chinos.
0: Keep it simple. I think that's just, it, and, you know, your work. Everything else can express yeah. kind of what you kind of want to express. Yeah, I
1: definitely want to put a lot of that maximal... If that's a, no, I don't think that's a word. We might have to cut maximism. That. <laughs> <The> sort of <laughs> the opposite to minimalism yeah. in the work. Yes, and I think also I wear glasses, so I find. That's already quite mm. defining and it's almost yeah, annoyingly it defining. F- yeah, right. Yeah. Is it just
0: one pair that you have? Yeah, or I've you have-
1: had these, um, what are they? Ray Bans, t- tortoiseshell Ray Bans mm. since I was 23.
0: Really? So I'm
1: nearly 35.
0: The same pair?
1: Um, the same. Style. I've gone through about five. Okay, or more. right, right. I tried another brand for a while, but, uh, these are very durable. Yeah, there you go. You need a durable <laughs> So I, I think I, I wish I, I, in a way, I wish I didn't have to wear glasses, but I think then I'd probably be more experimental. <laughs> right. I feel like all the experimentation is in my face. <laughs> there you go. There's, you could kind
0: of express whatever you want with your beard and yeah. your, your styles. Do you wear hats at all or anything like that?
1: Um, definitely plain caps. Yeah, right. Flexi fit, love. Mm. Um, no labeling. I have done a fedora, yeah, right. many other types of crazy hats hey over the years. I used, <laughs> even used to Posca pen my own hats <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when I was quite young. Uh, so, like, my drawings were on the front of caps that my brother and I wore, and he would put graffiti on them and things like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, right. Um,
1: I'm not sure where they are now. I've I also been, had a cowboy hat phase.
0: <laughs> a cowboy hat? Yeah. I thought boots were...
1: I think the boots came later. The hats... Cause hats well you're from tr- adelaide though so yeah it kind true of really but works, i bought it, it in
0: japan like, <laughs> i
1: remember all the kids were doing this western thing in kyoto and tokyo and they looked incredible and they had dyed their hair silver and they had cowboy hats oh on the top God, or just kind of loosely draped behind their neck and and i i also bought one <laughs> <laughs> nice inspiration right yeah. there <laughs>
0: So you are that yeah, originally from Adelaide, you're in Sydney now, but there's been a lot of travel in between. What kind of, what was your first step of leaving home in Adelaide? I think
1: um, I always wanted to go to art school, mm-hmm. so I thought if I'm going to go to art school, I'm going to go to Melbourne or Sydney. So I got into an art school yeah. in, in Melbourne called the Victorian College of the Arts, cool, yeah. which was quite a, it's a studio-based school and it's got limited numbers and it was definitely being thrown into the deep end now that inc- required a move to Melbourne I uh, ended up living in Collingwood where I stayed yeah. and that became the hub of my drawing and the city, the art, art school was really, really challenging, exciting and I actually studied sculpture in the end wow, and no printmaking and, and I feel as if design was always such a part of what I was experimenting with mm. But then I felt Melbourne became my art school, and communities like Collingwood or Fitzroy, where I was living, started to inspire the honing of these drawings that I'd been making for a long time.
0: Because everything would be so new for you there compared to Adelaide, would it? Yeah, I think think
1: wherever I went, wherever I travelled, I would always see things that I wanted to draw. And before Adelaide, I lived on the farm in the countryside, and so that was a whole different whole different way of looking and so every step is a bigger place a bigger city and everything feels fresh to me i think i feel sometimes i think oh i'm from such a small place i wish i was from new york or london or paris but now when i go there everything's new and Mm. i think that's important for the work i do and makes me capable of capable of doing it and so Melbourne, was, in, yeah. Yeah. and Melbourne was the first step into that, and that was—it's now ten years since I made my first blog post. So right. I was always drawing, but now it's been ten years since that project that has taken me to where I am today. So started. that's so
0: that was something uh, out of school. You started a blog, yeah. and it was kind of about just your illustrations. So I was, I'd,
1: I'd been making these um, these drawings, and then I just started posting them, and let and it kind of became a daily process and mm. has helped a bit like the letter writing yeah so um and that took me from melbourne to paris wow, um where i started going to uh the runway shows in for the summer collections which was an absolute dream
0: how did that happen from melbourne to paris what like what was the thing that kind of set it I think off it
1: was always a dream to be in paris and somehow work mm. on what i was doing with my artwork and i Always reading the magazines from Vogue to Style.com at the time and just wanted to have a look at that world. And so I started writing to the fashion houses. Mm. And at the time, I got all these responses, which was really exciting. It wasn't Dior straight away or anything like that, but to be in Paris and start off with any show was extraordinarily exciting and it gave me a focus to draw Paris. In a different way mm-hmm. so I would make drawings from the runway shows, yes, but then I realized I, what I sort of already knew from from Collingwood was the street was what really inspired me and now to be in Paris and be around people I'd admired since I was a teenager mm-hmm. it was extraordinary
0: uh, it's a surreal feeling for sure it would be uh, did you end up moving there or were you um, traveling kind of back and forth what was I After that experience,
1: actually, I was in Paris and I was meant to get a flight back and I cancelled it and I stayed as long as I possibly could (laughs) on my visa. And then I flew back to um, my life in Melbourne. And then for the next two years, I worked to get my work, push my work, develop it. And then I moved back to Paris Um, and I did another... I had done a project with Vogue here in Sydney and then I went to Paris and they published my diary on their online yeah, right. as well so I went back to Paris and got to see Comme de Garçon or Haida Ackerman and other interesting interesting ex- uh, interesting fashion shows such as Martin grant and yeah, right. and that was just extraordinary again and it was even better than what I imagined and I ended up interning in Martin Grant's studio at the time Mm -hmm. and being able to work just purely on my art practice of the fashion shows of life in Paris and draw, but also be inside a fashion house Mm -hmm. and document that and get to experience what it's like to see high-end garments conceived in in the laboratory of the designer yeah, right. studio and then produced by the team and That's to see everything that the team it? puts into a collection and even see the clients coming in for fittings so that was a really special experience
0: and that was kind of um had you were you working like making money from it or was it something that was still kind of i think passion oriented with, with my work
1: i suppose illustration with my, what I'm trying to say is, my type of illustration really isn't commercial. It's mm-hmm. more, it's an art practice. Mm-hmm. So people buy the the original drawings, or I produce uh, etchings or suites of silkscreen prints, and people collectors slowly collect that. And I've got a certain sort of uh, there's certain collectors around me that. Keep following me and, mm-hmm. and keep buying work every now and then, and they might be strangers or people I have met, and it's kind of interesting to kind of see your work then end up in someone's home. So that's, that is, yeah, wild. That's um, that's how I op- operate, and then when I'm really lucky, I get to contribute to a magazine, mm-hmm. and I love that because again, it's like posting someone the ultimate love letter. Yeah, and you're talking to people, and. You get to see your work in the world that you're talking about, so you become part of the world you're drawing.
0: Right, and it's so, and it's taking on all these different projects that kind yes. of come your way. That kind yeah, of different projects, whether it's
1: um, illustrating a book or putting together an art exhibition or working in collaboration with printmakers or community groups um, to produce drawings. I think at all those points, it pushes your project, whether it's a film poster. Mm. Or a private drawing. I often still make drawings just to send to friends or family or faxes. I miss fax machines. <laughs> fax machines. <laughs> I used to fax Japan all the time. And we would send drawings back and forth between my host family and I for years and years and years. Wow. Until faxes died.
0: Yeah. They're but still around. I see some places. I love that. I love
1: that. And, um, but I suppose the pinnacle of my interest in fashion was getting to draw for La and I asked them, wow. could I report on the haute couture from Paris and draw from the salon? So
0: wow. I did that with <laughs>
1: Elisab, uh Chanel, Valentino, and Gaultier. So, so you made
0: a little bit of a name for yourself between some of the different I, brands that are there.
1: I think the brands have always, whether they could seat me at a show or keep in touch or they always wrote back Mm. and and even if uh celine or something they couldn't fit you they still wrote back and or chanel tried and and i couldn't believe that they'd spent the time to kind of communicate with just a random person because it just kind of
0: shows like it's regardless it's how you handle the business in a big fashion house like that mm. they do it with such kind of class regardless if it's a yes or a no it's not like you could just ignore somebody it's you they have to be kind of what they project you know
1: exactly and I think I think going to Paris it was extraordinary because people were so welcoming Mm. and wanted to help and London I mean London was the same I met Paul Smith and you know to have a little a bit of mentoring from people like this personally was it was wonderful and you think oh what more could a young person want than just having a chat and being invited to a show and when the designer sees you they're coming over and them saying keep doing what you're doing yeah and i think that's really important and it's interesting to find that in an industry that is about how we look but i think it's really i mean people want to feel good they want to feel confident they want to they want to buy gifts for people i think it we have to remember the kind side of it as we, we go forward.
0: Absolutely. It's, uh, I think, it ha- it's an industry that has a bad reputation. But I think it just depends on who you are and the people you interact with. Yeah. because I, I, I haven't had necessarily those bad experiences that those stories out there kind of make out to yeah. be, I think.
1: I think when I went from dreaming about fashion to attending runway shows and working from Paris... you very quickly see people that you really admire and they were all different ages and particularly older people and they weren't dressing to get attention. Mm. They weren't at a runway show for themselves. They were there to work. And I loved seeing that. I thought if you want to work in fashion, you have to be yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a perfect example to kind of see, isn't it? And just being yourself is the thing that's going to make you stand out rather than all the fashion kind of wannabes and kind of trying to copy the images that they see, you know, that's not the case. And I think (laughs) if you
1: have something to contribute and you have a body of work, you want to share it with people. And I mean, that's the biggest privilege. I find whenever I can share my work with a different audience, um, after living in Paris and, and then London having a studio there and now, i have been back in adelaide of all places writing a newspaper column and drawing people from the street there and interviewing them at the same time and to me that's just such a good privilege mm. such a privilege because you get to share your artwork with a new community i can take what i've learned about drawing fashion sketches that i learn in the the heart of it in in paris in europe and then take it back somewhere else and let that be a, influenced by a different part of Australia and, yeah. and be proud to document that and see the interesting things and you're actually
0: doing what I think an artist should be doing and it's like rather than kind of staying stuck in that one spot you are spreading kind of the art around the world and to places that you wouldn't necessarily kind of have it you know
1: yeah. I think it's really important to go everywhere and, and, and not trying to imagine what you'll see just wait till you get there because mm. that'll shape how you work was particularly with the way I am the where I am shapes my work and my style won't change the way I work daily doesn't change but what I see is exciting and I let that influence the stories I'm trying to tell or the stories I'm writing or the way people move differently in different cities will push my drawing because I want to capture that that silhouette of movement from a skater to someone walking to work or rushing to get on the train and being now in Sydney has been such a refreshing experience again because you have a whole different way of living with the influence of nature and the beaches and the way people operate and their attitude comes out and how they wear and I've just been ecstatic to try and to try and draw that
0: I, I completely see where you're talking about because it's just from my point of view to taking photographs and trying to observe the different cities that I go to I You always get this kind of rejuvenation going to a new city because you're seeing things in a whole new way. Even though maybe the the styles are more and more becoming the same, there's still different ways that people kind of project it and kind of wear it. And that, I think, is so interesting to kind of see, even if it's a very minor detail, you know. It's always exciting to kind of try to capture that.
1: Yeah, it's that different type of articulation of similar thinking in Mm, different places and... I often think the repetition of of trends or the object someone's wearing or the object different people are coveting and collecting is is I like the repetition of it on the street or the different variants when you go to different cities and because it means people are communicating I don't necessarily see it as a homogenization or I think fashion is precisely about communicating and, and and wearing similar things and identifying where we stand and making right. ourselves visible yeah. or invisible to our to our viewpoints and mm-hmm. how we want to share our community differently and i think that i find that, that is really kind of at the core of what i'm trying to do and then you're decoding it through the drawing
0: that's awesome. sad i like that right. really nice Um, so from Adelaide, you moved back to Adelaide and now back now in Sydney, what brought you to Sydney? What was the idea? I came
1: almost by accident. (laughs) (laughs) I came here on a holiday and I, I didn't leave. (laughs) (laughs) I've Always (laughs) wanted to do that. I've just kind of go for uh, a holiday and not leaving the city. I kind of came just at the tail end of the summer and It's only a few months you've been here. Yeah. Yeah. Only, I think not quite four months. So it's still very, very fresh. And I, I had a lot of friends here and they said, you can't leave. And I suppose it's a trope of a freelancer. You kind of get to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I've got to do it. I'm just going to stay. And I think it's the best way to come somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it helped me minimalize that wardrobe because I <laughs> yeah, literally only came with what <laughs> I, only have what I came <laughs> with. And I think that's good for your art practice too because you can't be collecting stuff all the time. You have to kind of let go and think afresh and have have faith in 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 the way you practice and what you've learnt, in the way you draw or the way you execute your your work
0: is the way you're living here changed kind of from where like i guess it's such a different kind of city compared to adelaide or even paris or anywhere else that you've been what's kind of different that you've noticed about sydney i think the
1: physical aspect of sydney is really palpable that the sun seems to come up earlier than mm. other cities I've lived, so there's, it feels like there's a lot of time in the morning to go for, go for a run or go to yoga or go for a swim in the ocean. And I think that type of activity shapes people in a different way and then they've got a different attitude or they're out and about, they're walking, and, and then that kind of inspires new drawings. And I think what I'm doing is reporting, so I want to report on that.
0: That's nice, reporting, so yeah.
1: I think a, a morning run on Bondi, I always come back with lots of ideas. <laughs> so I, I kind of like getting in the swing of things, so to yeah. speak. <laughs> uh, I hear
0: you. Fantastic. Um, what is something that you do that makes you happy?
1: Drawing, 100%. Drawing.
0: So I it is kind of... Do you consider that even work or is it...
1: Definitely, definitely work. Yeah. It's definitely... Um, you're definitely trying to push it. Mm-hmm. It's. It's not just having a delicious meal with your friends um but there's different levels of it sometimes i can be drawing and making drawings just for myself and that feels different when you're really in in the flow of the studio right where you're making work in the studio and you're only conscious of the process there and that's i feel like what you're always aiming for yeah hopefully you get a chance to share it and hopefully after making lots and lots of works, you find one that you're really happy with, but it's definitely meditation for me. Um, I like to work through my ideas as physical drawings, and then I can see it, and then I can start editing them and working them back, and picking which piece I want to do. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, if I could do anything, and just be draw, and I think if I wanted anything of anything i'd be like more time more time please please more time
0: (laughs) we all really use that a little bit more time (laughs) it'd be nice is there ever um been a piece of advice that you've gotten that's kind of stuck with you from the industry from family just about life about anything that's kind of kind of always been something that you've lived by maybe
1: i think oh so many things but recently (laughs) my friend and i were talking about maintaining your work and maintaining your practice and we were talking about how there's often a disconnect between what you imagine what you can see in your mind and where you want to take your work or your writing and what you're actually capable of in that time and mm-hmm. i find there's often a catch-up that you have to have faith in that you will eventually catch up i i remember there was one drawing i had it in my imagination after i'd seen something on the street probably for nearly a year and a half and then one day it just came out and usually i work daily but this one it just it was as if my skills had evolved to what i'd seen Mm -hmm. but i just had to take that bit of time i think it's having faith in that somehow which is the tricky part yeah because there's definitely days where you're like what am i doing this is but then i always feel like you can come back
0: well how do you come back from that is i think the drawer yeah. i think
1: drawing and writing and doing it for myself is is what brings me back and mm. just physically working at making a, a, an object that i really really enjoy and i love printmaking and working with community printmakers because you're just really present in what you're doing and working on the copper plates and transforming the drawing from something on paper or, again, in your imagination onto something physical, and then there's such a process. Mm -hmm. And it involves quite a few people. I've been really lucky to work with the amazing printmaker Simone Tippett, and she's such an inspiration. And and people like that, having people like that around you can always help you through the darker points of yeah. your practice.
0: Because it's just something that you... It's someone that understands what you're going through. Yeah. And To kind of know that there are people out there that kind of yeah. can relate is nice to kind of have and you're kind of yeah. around you, you know?
1: And I, I think it's, it's good to remember that that if there is that disconnect between your imagination and where you want your work to be, that there's always a it's a sense of movement, that mm. there's more to come. You, you kind of want to be in it. You don't yeah. want it to happen a curator said to me once he said make your journey long and and i thought probably will be hopefully but then you kind of it's like a long way to success but i feel like if you can just do it i mean obviously you have to pay your bills um
0: but i do love that it's make your journey. it's so relevant now where people kind of want that instant kind of fame and gratification and kind of just everything now 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 yeah but then it disappears. It's like, why not have a nice long journey? Yeah, why don't
1: go through it and change? And if you're famous now, what will people look back on us for? being?
0: Oh my God, for real. Being like yeah. taking
1: selfies and polluting the ocean? Yeah. Like, maybe you want to be famous in another era. God, for real.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Well said. <laughs> um, and last question. Um, what does it feel like to be you right now? Right what's now? You, what's in, your mind at?
1: What's my mind at? Um, Where is your
0: mind at, I guess?
1: I think what is it like to be me right now I rushed here on the train it's always <laughs> the best time to see cool people or just someone you think wow that's great style or um, tradies knocking off work looking so cool in just their workwear, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know a woman rushing to her job um, so I definitely was thinking about a lot of things that I want to draw so you're, um, you're
0: always kind of just looking. There's right always now. too many things. That's yeah. I think
1: that's important. I've got to let go of it. You can't draw everything. No, um, right. but I I like that when you're kind of in a rush, you're going somewhere interesting, and the city's just all around you, and you're in the you're in the mix of it. It's a bit corny, but I love that. I yeah. love being around people.
0: I hear you. I hear you. So where can people actually see some of your work?
1: Um, I think the best place is the original place, which is a little old blog, and it's leogreenfield.com. Awesome. Um, that's been running now for 10 years, or on my Instagram account at leo.greenfield.
0: Which is how I discovered yes. you, and just, it's your amazing work. It's Hopefully they'll be seeing some as well on Men in This Town, so just a little um, teaser right there, but <laughs> um, yeah, well thank you for coming in, I appreciate it to oh, no, thank
1: you. It's it's a real privilege to be able to talk about what you do every day, and
0: it's nice to kind of be able to share it with others, and hopefully they get inspired yeah. by it also.
1: Because often you're working by yourself, so it's nice to kind of have a chat. Uh, yeah,
0: awesome. Uh-huh. Thank you, Leo. Appreciate oh, it. You. Bye. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Portrait Session with Leo Greenfield. Stay tuned for the debut of an ongoing collaboration between Leo and Men in This Town in a couple weeks. I think you'll love it.